Family from the Heart, episode number 19. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are back once again in front of our friends here at gspn.tv slash live in front of a live internet audience. 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time every Saturday night. We would love it if in the future, if you happen to have, you know, a night free Saturday night, why not pop on in and say hello to pop us? Pop on in. Just pop on into the chat room. Uh, we've got, uh, we have Brooke in there. We've got Daryl just uh, came in starting to speak uh, Spanish to us. We have Andrea. And so uh, just looking forward to seeing who all else is in the chat room. And I'm sure they're going to have some wonderful conversations as as we go about our business here. And it looks like Kim is in there as well. So hello, Kim. Anyway, Stephanie, tonight uh, we are continuing our parenting coverage. Parenting coverage. Like, it's a big story. (laughs) (laughs) Parenting 2008. No, our our series on parenting. And in this episode, we're going to continue to discuss the book that we've uh, now purchased from our wonderful sponsor over at Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Uh, as we had mentioned last week, we had to return our copy of the... Yeah, to the library. Yes. And so... A 90 uh, cent charge. <laughs> exactly. But we we did go ahead and, of course, purchase using promo code GSPN at checkout. Saved ourselves 10% off of the cost of the book. And uh, it was delivered promptly in one of the beautiful Mardell box uh, right. shipping boxes. Which Our, I, I have to tell a funny story is that, you know, it came yesterday and, or, yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And... um. Megan went out to check the mail. The The mail lady came and um, they had been waiting for letters from school to, to say who their teacher is. Um, they had been waiting for those for a couple of weeks now. And so the mail lady came and Megan ran out to the mailbox to grab the mail and comes in. And um, and of course, their letters were there. So you could hear her hooting and hollering all the way from outside and runs in and their letters are here. And she goes, oh, by the way, mom, there's a box stuffed in the mailbox. I can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> because the um, the way that the mail lady had put it in there, it was stuck on like the bolt that holds the mailbox together. Mm. And Megan couldn't get it out. And for a minute, I couldn't get it out either. I'm like, well, that's a great book. It's just going to be stuck in the mailbox. <laughs> Too funny. Anyway, she was mad. It looks like Daryl in the chat room, he says he personally packed our order. How cool is that? That is totally awesome. That is really cool. And, um, you know, we had read the email from Daryl with, uh, he sent the box. Where's it at? I don't, I think it's upstairs on my desk. Oh, man. The one I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've given it to you like three times to carry down here, and every time it keeps ending up back on my kitchen counter, so... Anyway, it's on my desk where we had gotten the DVD copy of um, the Heart of the Five Love Languages, uh-huh. and that is signed by Gary by Doctor Chapman. Yeah, Gary Chapman. And, uh, you got it right. I know. Well, I I was gonna say Doctor Chapman. I was gonna say Doctor Gary Chapman. I was anyway. That's just the way it came out. Exactly. We need to think of All some of way of choosing who we're going to give this to as far as what yes. listener. So yeah. so that basically, just so you know, the heart of the but five But we need love to take languages. a picture of it so that like we can account that we actually had it in our possession. Oh, okay. But anyway, <laughs> we have um we have a copy of the audiobook version of the heart of the five love languages, which is not the full audiobook of the full book, right. but it's basically uh, it it's um you know, it gives you a breakdown the, the of what the five love languages is. So anyway, we have that. It's a signed copy from Gary Chapman, and we need to figure out how to deter- determine which listener is going to receive this. So, Stephanie, what would you say? How about this? I don't know yet. Sin- I'll tell you, you what? know who I think should receive it? Who? Somebody who comes and joins our live show. So how about we do this right now? Okay. I'm going to uh, type into the chat room. 
Okay. Our studio loan, studio loan, our studio our line. studio loan. So, wait. Um, what, what? No, go Well, ahead. no, I didn't get to finish saying what I, anyway, the, the cool part about opening the package oh, okay. that the DVDs were in, or DVDs. The book? The, the, the audio book. <laughs> Sorry. Earth to Stephanie. Come hey, in, Stephanie. I was wide awake 20 minutes ago, and then your Sari, sorry. Sad <laughs> bottom made me all sleepy. Uh, not to mention the fact that I had to read chapter four to Cliff, and so I'm like, my mouth is dry and I can't get it together. Would you like a drink of my Kool Aid? I have my own. Okay. Minus well, ice, which is how I prefer it. All right. So. So anyway, the coolest part. Coolest part. We're waiting. I need a drum roll. Was the handwritten note. <laughs> You're not dealing with AT and T. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> sorry. I thought I had a drum roll. That's close. I don't. Oh, I thought I was gonna hit my head again. Anyway, it was the handwritten note? Yes. From. Oh, from Daryl. Yes. About the, keep you, changing lives. Anyway, you know what? I, 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 the. It'll be pinned on the board. Yes, we're gonna. As put soon it as the box makes it downstairs. No doubt. I actually enjoyed the note from Daryl as more well. than the signed copy. Yeah, yeah, I mean more than I mean you know because Daryl's cool. I it's like cool. Daryl. Daryl, right. Daryl's a great guy, and Mardell is a great sponsor. But anyway, here, here we go. What I am. This? What's this? What? what is this cardboard flap over here? The cardboard flap. Oh, that is the back of the computer that I use for Skype. Okay, has a power, um, a, a, a power uh, supply. With a big old fan on it. Okay. And it makes lots of noise. All right. But believe it or not, by sticking a piece of cardboard, not over the fan, but over right. top, you know. It's shoot, hanging off the back of the. It, it keeps that PC. sound from coming right up at me. Really? So it is def- that what that is? It deflects because the sound down to the floor. It just makes me feel like a dog on a leash because my headphone cord keeps getting stuck on it. And I'm like <laughs> trying to pull my head away. Anyway. We are eventually going to talk about some family stuff here. I promise. Eventually we're going to get but, there. But first we're going we're gonna to pick somebody to send the autographed copy of the fi- the heart of the five love languages <laughs> and it's going to be the first person who dials the number i'm putting into the chat room right now Dial so fast i am uh, i am waiting for the phone to ring and uh, whoever it is we will <laughs> i should pull out my phone and call yep so uh we're going to see who it is i would assume that the phone will ring right about uh let's say no. now Anyway, nope. I'll tell you what. Maybe maybe there's nobody really there. They don't want it. They don't want it. All right. Well, let's just talk about this and, and, and let's move ahead. And if the phone rings, then the phone rings. Whoever, oh, see, oh, there we. See? there's the phone ringing. All right. Hold on. Okay. So uh, who do we have on the line? This is Calvero. Hello, Kim. How are you? Very good. Kim, we, we've had actually Kim on one of the My Crazy Life episodes in the past, I do yes. believe. Yes, yeah. So, Kim, it sounds to me like you are the uh, recipient or will be the recipient of mm-hmm. the autographed copy of the audio book, The Heart of the Five Love Languages. And, uh, Kim, you have our email address. Is that correct? Uh, I, I think so. I'm sure I can get it from the website. Okay, just do me a favor. Send it over to feedback at gspn.tv. Just send your name and your full address where you want it shipped to, and Stephanie will get that out to you Monday morning. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So th- uh, now, do you have a copy of the full book or anything like that? Have you been go- listening along with us? Uh, actually, I have. Uh, I haven't listened to all of it, but I have uh, borrowed a book from someone else and I already flipped through it. But I don't actually own my own copy yet. Oh, very That's cool. Me. It's be very neat to have. Awesome. Well, we'll get it out to you. And thank you so much for uh, being a part of the gspn.tv community. It's great to have you out there. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm surprised that no one else was able to uh, call in. I, I think <laughs> probably they were all running for their phones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have my cell in my pocket, so I just pulled it out, waited a few seconds, and called. There right. you go. Well, Kim, thank you very much, and God bless you. All right. Thank you very much. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Bye-bye. That is... That is awesome. So we have... Very cool. I like that. You know, that's kind of cool. I feel like, um, you know, it just occurred to me. It's like, well, duh, we got one phone line coming in. First person who calls in gets it. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so uh, that's a great way to do a giveaway. It is. We'll have to we'll have to think about that more often. And of course, what does that do? It just says, hey, you you know, Saturday nights you're hanging out, don't have anything to do. This is the place to be. Place you might to get be. you might get some free swag or something. <laughs> swag, swag's a. Real I thing. know what swag is. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you laugh at me? You it gave was me the that... way you said it. Oh, God. All right. Are we going to get started on this or what? Yes. What are we talking about tonight? Oh, the uh, chapter four of... Oh, did we ever even mention the name? I don't think we've actually said the name of the book yet that we're covering hmm. as we go through here. It okay, is... but that's only a problem for the people that are listening live because the people who are listening to this later, Yeah, that's like the title of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, but some people don't look at the title. <laughs> anyway. They just, they just hit play. So, so it's Creative Corrections by Lisa Welchel is the book that we're reading. And uh, the subtitle of the book is... Extraordinary Ideas for Everyday Discipline. Exactly. and Which I knew without you pointing to it on my paper. Well, I thought I would just point it to you. <laughs> to, just, I love how you think you got to give me cues. That's great. I'm so sorry. That's okay. All right. So we're... Anyway, we're on chapter four. Which is seeing the big picture. <laughs> I see that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So basically, the the chapter kind of started off with a story about sex before marriage. As far as an epi- in an episode, uh, for those of you who don't know this, Lisa, Lisa Welchel was on the TV show Facts of Life, right? and she played she Blair. Blair. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us all about this story that she shared? Just uh, some kind of paraphrase or something. Okay. Well. Um, Several years after the several years after the show had had started airing, they decided that it was time for um, her character of Blair to um, to lose her virginity, and she said, "Absolutely not! I I will not do that." And so they laid the you know they laid the issue aside, and during the the final season of the Facts of Life, they decided to explore that idea with um, the character of Natalie, and when they came, they were very courteous in coming to her and saying, you know, this is what we were going to do. Um, we would like the character of, of Blair to um, support the side of, of abstinence during this episode. And she said, I'm sorry, um, I will not be part of this episode. I, right. And she chose to not be in that episode. And do you know it's the only episode of The Facts of Life that she is not in? Is that right? I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, it is the only episode of that series that she's not in. Huh. Now, she did say in the in telling the story that she's kind of looks back and wonders if maybe that was the best decision. Perhaps it would have been nice to be able to give an alternative perspective on this rather than, you know, being that this is, quote unquote, the facts of life. Right. This is just something that happens. And so, uh, but regardless, at the time, she just felt a great deep conviction that she was not going to participate in that and and she did not want to in any way condone that as as just something that had to be it was it was against her principles and values and that she would not participate and the whole reason she shared that story in the opening cuz that's the I, I you were reading the story and I'm like okay what does this have to do right, with right. the whole story of what's going on in this chapter and she said basically what I want you to understand is it's this is to illustrate that there was a high cost for uh, me not participating in that episode because as a result of not being in that episode I was not paid for, to be in that episode so Anyway, the whole idea here is that um, there are some things in life that you really have to... What, Stephanie? I don't think that was the entire point of her sharing that okay, story. Okay, well, then I enlighten me, please. Because she also talks about how um, in struggling with the decision over the years um, and coming to her her area of certainty, I guess, is in, in being... I don't know what word I want to use. Anyway... But coming to the realization that she did not want her teenage fans to be flipping channels and come across a show where they could be sucked into the propaganda that premarital sex was the only way. Right. And so in taking that stand against that, it was looking at the bigger picture. Exactly. And then secondly, the cost was high because she was not paid for that episode because she was not in that episode. Right. And so then that... Which, well, I don't think that all I'm saying is I I agree with you about 
about talking about the cost being high, but I don't believe that that's the only reason that well, she shared that story. Right. The And that's where I was... Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. No, that's fine. Uh, so basically, the whole thing is, is that um, sometimes it's important for us to stand by our convictions... And and by our principles and values, in spite of the fact that it may cost us sacrificially in one way or another. Right. And and we need to understand that there's more to life than money. There's more to life than fame, more than to life than all these other worldly things. And the whole understanding and, of course, the the introduction into what I think this chapter is really all about is not just the big picture, but the eternal perspective, which is a subsection. Well, I think. The eternal perspective is, is the, the big, big picture. picture. Okay. Very cool. I would agree with you. <laughs> okay. Sometimes uh, you make me feel a little simple-minded. I'm just like, can no. it all just be the way it is? I'm, anyway. It is. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know what? I just like to hear myself talk, Stephanie. That I will agree with. And so I that... like to speak in circles because as I go around the bend and slowly come right back to exactly where I started, Yeah. in the process, I got to hear myself speak. Well, tell and... me when you're about to do that again so I can take a nap. <laughs> All right. Kim says the email has been sent, and so the eagle has landed. Very cool. All right. And, I'll uh, get that out on Monday. Sounds excellent. So anyway, um, basically the whole idea, looking past today to understand everything in perspective of eternity. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is, and Stephanie's going to turn to page 97 because she's going to re- read a little highlighted section here. But how often, Stephanie, do we get caught up in the current process of putting out fires, correcting our children, you know, being upset about little bits of disobedience here and there? Or sometimes we just get caught, you know, we just, we think that, you know, we just need to, we get so focused on now that we forget the big picture, right? Absolutely. And why is that? If you're that? asking me I mean, how often, I would say every minute of every day. I'm, I, I I really felt like this this chapter was written for me tonight. Well, here, here's the situation. The, the idea of eternal perspective is the understanding of living this life, understanding that this life is not our final destination. And as Christians... Basically, we understand that this life is is basically very brief in comparison to spending eternity, um, it, you know, beyond this life. And so, when we think about that, I mean, it, I think that that if we have this bigger picture, this eternal perspective, that it really should help us to make decisions in light of that. It, basically, our decisions. Uh, reflecting on on that reality that there's something beyond this should help us to make more wise and more um, righteous decisions. Does that make sense? Yes. And what's odd, and I'm going to bring this up to DG again because DG and I were talking about the fact that uh, in the the about the church podcast, one of the things he mentioned recently was that he thinks that Christians sometimes focus too much on the eternal perspective. And that they say sometimes focus, you know, when we get to heaven, it's going to be this and it's going to be great when we get to heaven and this and, when, you know, this is going to be great. And sometimes he thinks that we neglect the fact that we're supposed to also enjoy the blessings that God's bestowed upon us here, that there is the abundant life. The abundant life doesn't is not necessarily supposed to start when we die and enter into the eternal life or the next life. Uh, but but the abundant life begins at the moment we receive Christ, which I completely agree with overall what he's saying. But I, I, I just take issue, uh, and, and I should have done it then, but we were on a completely different topic. Uh, but the, I take issue with the fact that he believes that we focus too much attention on eternal perspective because in my experience as a Christian myself and with any Christians that I ever hang out with, the idea it's of eternity enough. is I don't think that it comes up nearly enough. Right. It's not that it doesn't come up. And I think it, in fairness to him, he was talking about the idea of of salvation and how people kind of you know force their own views of evangelism and it's all about you know do this so that you'll get that and i can see where he's coming from there but but the idea of of uh seeing our life and our decisions today in light of an eternal perspective and purpose that's where i i think we need to do that more 
Absolutely. And so you're going to read page uh, 97, a little Not section the whole there. Page. No, I know. A section. Okay. Stephanie, can I just tell you something? I love you. <gasps> I love you too. We need to pause in our journey and take a good, long, loving look at our little ones. We need to take the time to assess their strengths and weaknesses and evaluate what those same character traits will look like down the road in a teenager and eventually in an adult. You want to know something? You didn't listen. I did not even hear a word that you just said. My mind was completely elsewhere. Where? I was looking in the chat room. I was thinking about the little little uh, bit of Kool-Aid that was on my lip. And when I tasted it, it tasted like fruit. <laughs> I don't know why I bother with you sometimes. <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I, like, I love you. I now, while you read, I'm not going to listen to a word you say. I completely checked out. I didn't even. Ready? Hold on. Wait, wait. Because I, I want to tell you something. I had no idea that I was checked out until after you finished reading. That's usually the point of checking out. I don't know what it was. Anyway. You back? <laughs> and you were giving me a hard time. And we're back. All right. Go ahead. Read that one more time because I... For I, emphasis. I'm going to read this one more time. Yeah. Stephanie, I was completely listening. Just for emphasis, could you please read that one more time? Uh, whatever. You can't redeem yourself now. We need to pause in our journey and take a good, long, loving look at our little ones. I know what caught me off. I was thinking about the alliteration. <laughs> it was the the little, long, loving look or whatever. That th- A good, long, loving look? A good, long, loving look. At it, our I little was, ones? Of our little ones, yes. Little? I was thinking about the alliteration, and then I was reading the chat room, and that's what happened. And then, so... <laughs> you need to pause. <laughs> And take a good, long, loving look at your little good, ones. Good, long, loving look at your little ones. Yes, okay. We need to take the time to assess their strengths and weaknesses and evaluate what those same character traits will look like down the road in a teenager and eventually in an adult. Now that makes a whole lot of sense why good. I wanted you to highlight that and read it for tonight. Yes, so we do need to do that. In fact, um, one of the things that she says right after that in this book is ignoring moral issues when the implication implications are toddler-sized can reap perilous teenager-sized repercussions later. So what basically, there are moral issues that we see in our children. And sometimes when they're toddlers, they just seem small. They seem in maybe somewhat insignificant. Right. Self-control. Yeah, give me an example. Okay, for example, right now, um, obviously McKenna is three. And um, there's a... I never understood why people call it the terrible twos because three is so much worse. Yes. So much worse. So anyway, right now she's in this this stage where everything is blamed on someone else. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) She is so straight-faced about it, too. She is. And I shared this story on the full-time mom last week. Where um, we were at the park. <laughs> it was a good story, wasn't it? <laughs> this is good. We were at Listen the park. Up, guys. We were at the park. Well, they would if you'd stop interrupting me. <laughs> with our church for a picnic, and it was in the evening, and um, they were playing. I was sitting on the on the park bench talking to a friend of mine, and McKenna comes running past, and her, the back of her dress and a small portion of the front of her dress are wet. And I asked her, McKenna, what happened to your dress? How'd your dress get wet? And she looks at me as straight-faced as I've ever seen that child and says, Matt peed on me. Clearly, you can tell she wasn't peed on by a boy. Exactly. Okay. And I said, what? And she looked at me. Matt peed on me. I said, Matt didn't pee on you. Yes, he did. She was insistent. She was insistent that Matt peed on her. You could tell that she peed on herself. But, um, you know, that is, it's a funny story. It may seem like, you know, no big deal. But when, you know, she is climbing on top of the counter to get down, you name it, something that she's not allowed to have. And, you know, 
those things are getting blamed on other people. I mean, it's not just the funny stories. She is constantly yep. doing discretions and blaming them on someone else. Right. And so basically the understanding here is that we can look at this and we can kind of laugh at the whole Matt peed on me story. <laughs> And we can kind of say, you know, well, she's three years old. Right. You know, and uh, we understand. I mean, it's just But if we don't do anything now, and when she's 13, you know. Yes. She's still blaming things on people. Then we, you know, have a problem. So isn't it easier? What what Lisa is saying here is, isn't it easier to deal with these things when they're small and they're at home, which I think is even another underlined or you put it on your paper. Yeah. What would you rather deal with these issues um, when they're small? You know, these smaller issues when they're or you want to deal with them when they're small. And then uh, basically, it's training kids while they are small and in the home um, is much better. While oh, the, there it is. While the consequences are, are still small. small. So basically, the consequences of McKenna's lying right now are not that great. Right. But you start putting her in school. And and the consequences, it, the consequences get, get, raised. get raised, and the stakes get raised, uh, you know. And, and we're talking, you know, getting other kids in trouble, and right. and, and and then just be, you know, there, we just definitely we need to start nipping it in the bud now. Right. So it's not just you know letting some little things slide. It's it, it's the understanding that you know what this is an issue. This right. is a moral issue here. It needs address. It needs to be addressed, and it needs to. There needs to be something that's done about this. Absolutely. Like we have had um, lately with McKenna, um, she will say tonight, for instance, um, and this has happened several times. You know, over the last couple months, she'll say, um, "Mommy, can I sleep with Matt tonight?" It was she wanted to sleep in Matt's room. "Mommy, can I sleep with Matt?" And I said no, and she'll run off down the hallway saying, "She said yes." You know, to get what she wanted. And that that's number one, that's lying. And number two, it's disobedient because I told her no. But tonight she came out and she asked me, Mommy, can I sleep with Matt? I said no. She went back and she told Matt, Mommy said no. Right. So she didn't lie. She still defied and got in Matt's bed. And I dealt with that issue. Right. But she didn't lie. So Right. And so here and here's that's what, just a small three year old example. So one of the things that we want people to understand and, and and what we need and what Stephanie and I need to understand as parents is that number one, these little things are are seem small because they have small consequences right now in our household, uh, outside of the public eye. I mean these these are not well, life shattering decisions. Uh, nothing or, in our household is outside the public eye. <laughs> well, this is true, uh, but anyway, the thing is is that um, the there's going to be an issue down the road if the, if there's not something that's done about these. And and the whole purpose of this book, Creative Correction, is that, you know, unfortunately, sometimes as parents or maybe as adults, or, or, you know, when we were gr- when we grew up, when we were being raised, maybe it's possible that the only example of parenting and discipline that you ever received was very negative. Maybe it was spanking or or whatever. And, and I'm I personally I'm not against or opposed spanking. I'm not against uh, punishments and and what have you. But the thing is, is sometimes that's all that there is. And what I think is really great about this book and really helps to open up the eyes of of parents is that there are two things that you need to consider. Number one, that punishment and discipline does not always have to be physical. It does not always have to be negative. But there is this thing called positive reinforcement. And and so basically, uh, the you know introducing the concept of rewards is something that this this chapter right. kind of brought and up. I know um, we haven't read it in this book, although it goes perfectly with the um, positive reinforcement. And she may talk talk about it later. I don't remember, but I remember when we were doing um, growing kids God's way. Yeah, that that. Um, if you're having a consistent problem with your child, like say that it is um, in our house during, and this is not this is not a hypothetical. This is an absolute in our house. In our house um, during school time, it is absolutely without a doubt. You come in, you put your coat in your backpack when it's cold. Your coat in your backpack in a designated area. We have a problem with our kids remembering to do that. So I am constantly reminding them, you know, 
Megan and Matt, hang up your coat and, and put your backpack on the back of your door. But the one day that they do it without being prompted is the one day that you have to remember to give positive reinforcement. Because if you do it, if they do it and you don't notice it or you notice it and you don't acknowledge it, tomorrow it's not going to be done. Well, but I don't know about that. But it, but you've missed a wonderful you've, opportunity is, is, is to reinforce. Right. And it I, probably won't be done tomorrow. It, yeah, there's a good chance. However, um, the the other thing that we want to, I want to just interject here, and I know we've talked about it before. I just want to bring it up again now because sometimes there will be people who come into this episode that maybe they won't go back into the archives and listen to some of the others. Right. And the idea here is not just to address the situation and bring about punishment and just spank or or to take away things or just to try to. Do create, but the understanding here is that there needs to be some addressing of the moral reason why. So what is what is? Let's see the MRW. Let's call it that. Okay. I I I, I want to bring that up because uh, the the uh, the about the church podcast the uh, um, DG uh, brought up this great. What do you call that? Is it when you have three letters? Is that an acronym? I think so. I think, he calls so. he calls the Bible the DTR, the Define the Relationship book. So nice. So so this is the moral reason why the MRW. So I, I want to introduce that as a new acronym for parenting. Okay. So when we and I, I think that we need to ask, you know, when when we have when we see each other disciplining our children. And maybe perhaps we've, you know, got a little upset. We're just really frustrated. We've went back and and we've pretty much addressed the situation as as far as they understand that it was wrong and they got in trouble. It might be a great code word to say, hey, you know, I realize we were in the middle of the movie. I realize it's in a great spot and I realize the movie's paused and I realize we want to go back to it. But did you happen to mention the MRW? You know, did did we address the the moral reason why here? Okay. And and I, and and I think that that is something that um, if there's anything that I really want to get back to, is the the moral reason why. You know, when we talk about lying, why is it bad to lie? I mean, you know, do other people get hurt? Having those conversations. McKenna's three years old. She is just now at that point where we can start having that conversation i know she's not it'll probably take 18 20 times of her hearing that conversation before it sinks in maybe more you have high expectations for her but the thing is is it 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 should not stop us from starting to give the mrw now okay and 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 i think that that's something we we're i think there are two things they don't know why if the only reason why we ever give them is because i said so then when we're not around they're not going to be able to make the right choices. That's right because we're not there to say so. Exactly. And we're we're they're not we're not there so they're not going to get caught. You it's know, funny how we know so much about parenting and our family is so screwed up sometimes. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I think we've known these things, but it's really sitting down and having this conversation, reading this book, reminding us of these things. This is what it's all about. I think that that you know we need to. As parents, we need to return to this information about once every 18 to 24 months just to remind us that they're... I need to return like once every 18 to 24 minutes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this... When I'm stuck upstairs in the trenches with my children, I tend to forget all common sense, knowledge, and sometimes I forget to breathe. Gotcha. <clears throat> so next note that I next have on note. my show yes. notes here... Remember, I love this. I put this all in capital I letters. I noticed that. Whatever we deny our children now is good for them later. Is for their good later. Is for the I I corrected myself. I always love it. You are it's like you're so particular. It's like I cannot paraphrase from my notes whatsoever. <laughs> you have to paraphrase from your notes because there's a typo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, if my proofreader would come down here and read my Your text. proofreader was reading the book. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So anyway. anyway, whatever we deny our children now 
is for their good later. Now, Stephanie, let's have this conversation here. Okay. In the mic, in front of the microphone. In front of the microphone. Obviously, things are rather tight in our Ravenscraft household <gasps> management budget. Tight is like an understatement. It used to be that we would sit down. You know how when you pull a rubber band so far. <laughs> yeah. It used to be, listen to this. <laughs> we're like starting to fray. and We were so good about budgeting. And the idea was, you know, we would. It was great to budget when there was money to budget. <laughs> I understand. So the thing is, we used to right. sit down and take all the income that we would have. And we would spread that out and say, okay, this money's going to, you know, all of our bills. Right. And we would break it down. This is how much is going to be for grocery. This is how much is for this. And this is how much is going over into this category and this right. category. And Stephanie tells me just the other day, oh, I'm so frustrated. And I was like, what? And she goes, well, I just read it. I just basically put it, changed the categories so I could just put in, you know, our I bills. I was frustrated. I just oh. said that I did. Oh. On, on the spreadsheet where we used to make a budget and and balance it and you know there was so much allocated to grocery and gas and and all these different you know um lunch money for the kids and which obviously is a non-issue right now um haircuts um all these different places that, that we allocated our money to now we're paying our bills and with the money that's left over fills in the gas and the grocery and the you know so it's, like it's two, not even. It's pointless it's, to it's like, budget that money. It, it's it's pretty much the two categories now. It's yeah. It's it, it's bills and then there's gas and grocery. Exactly. That's it. So you know and you know. but we're doing it. You know, I I was telling Sarah, um, in our 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 personal time. Believe it or not, Sarah and I do not bring everything in front of the microphone. <laughs> we do have some personal time. And, um, but I was telling her, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, um, my bank statement was five pages long, you know, um, four months ago, my bank statement was four pages long last month. It was two pages long and next month it will only have my bills on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I mean, things are really tight right now, but you know what? We are making do. Uh-huh. We are we're, we're doing I think I actually have this spending no money down to a T. Like I'm getting really good at spending no money. The and the key for everybody out there listening is if you don't have money, you don't spend it. Exactly. I mean if you don't have it, you don't get what you want. It's it's that simple. And then we're, and it helps we're, if you don't leave the house. It does help <laughs> if you don't leave the house, which is what I do most times. I I'm Unfortunately, just, I mean, you know, the thing is though is it's not all and and see we struggled and I will say we we struggled for a long time through this new financial situation that we're in. Uh, it took us a long time to adjust this. I mean, the fact that our statement before was seven pages long says that we were using the debit card quite a bit. You know, you know, the checking account was being depleted one transaction at a time. Right. You know, and and you know that's a lot of running around, a little it bit. It was here. a lot of eating out, which we of, do not do anymore. You know, I mean, if we eat out now, it's like huge. I mean, it's like a big deal, a big deal. And you, and the thing is, Stephanie, you were saying the other day is like, man, I, I just hate it because I always feel like I'm telling the kids no. I am always just, telling them no. I, well, and and but but what I'm and, and what I, you're not. That's great. I am remembering that what I deny our children today is for their good later. OK. But I think that for you to really understand, I mean, you're working hard. I'm, I'm I don't want. Um, anyone to ever think that I'm saying that you don't what I'm saying is that when we go to the grocery I'm the one having the conversation with the kids do not ask for anything other than what is on this list Mm -hmm. I am buying you milk and cheese and bread and you know period obviously that is an exaggeration please and you know we're not that bad off (laughs) but um but I think that if you were the one who you're not reinforcing that with me. Well, I that's can't, not I a mean, conversation that you. So maybe I'm not saying that. In saying we're not denying our children, I'm meaning you, because you're not having that conversation with them. I am. Well, see, you're I, not the one taking them through the store and saying no, no, no. I said no. Stop asking. You know, I'm doing that, and so that's what I mean. I'm having a hard time because 
I'm saying no all the time. Right. Which is a great thing. I know that. Okay. I'm just tired of saying it. Okay. But each, what I'm saying is each time we say it. We don't say it. Okay. I say it. That's what okay. I'm saying. All right. Well, I'm going. I'm going to take issue with this. Okay. Because there are times that I personally take our kids out. Now, is it every single week to the grocery store like you do? Absolutely not. But are there times when I take Matthew out with me and we have to go run an errand and we walk into a Best Buy or we walk into a Walmart or we walk into a place and they have these little games and they have the. Do I say no to my son all the time? Okay. So it's not just you. Okay. If that's your story, I'll let you stick to it. What? You don't agree with me? I'm saying you maybe take our kids out once a month oh, by yourself. Okay. But when I do, I am also <laughs> that saying That is great. No. And that is not true. There are plenty of times when I'm in the car with them, we're, we're driving along, and they're like, hey, can driving we... Driving along in my house. <laughs> driving along in my house. All right. So... You know, it's, it's like, can we stop at McDonald's? No, we can't. You know, can, can we go out to lunch after church? No, we can't. I, I'm there. I'm saying no, too. Okay. And and all I'm saying but is. But I probably said no first, and then they're just asking you. Well, then you are doing me. better for them than I am, because the whole understanding here, the <laughs> just, whole concept, I'm the whole, I, I know, listen you. to me, but I'm only saying, <laughs> this is good for them. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. It's good. It's good for us. This is the whole saying. No, that's the problem I'm having as an adult. This is the one thing that I struggle with the most, and it's self-discipline, telling myself no. And I love what Lisa Welchel said about this because she says, you know, if you, if you can't get your kids to understand and to tell themselves no later, then what you have later in life is somebody who's 19, 20 years old who is a who can't tell themselves no when it comes to alcohol when it comes to sexual desires and when it comes to... Did we to, read that? Yes, I remember reading it. Or you read it. And when it comes to... Remember eating, you know, uncontrolled eating. Yeah. And stuff like that. So the thing is, is telling our kids no is a great thing. And so if anything, the financial situation that we had, I am seeing it in light of an internal perspective, meaning that sure, temporarily here in the right now, it's very difficult but you know what? In the long run, this is going to have wonderful eternal benefits of the ability to tell ourselves no. When we don't have the money to spend, we don't go and put but it all on But a teen or an adult who has never been taught the value of discipline could wind up deeply in debt. Per, what was that word? Perennially unemployed, promiscuous, or addicted to drugs, alcohol, or food, among other things. Exactly. And so I think that we're, I think it's good. I, I think it's, and if anything, I think about the whole. I didn't say I didn't think it's good. I just I think know. it's getting old. That's all. And so do your kids. And so maybe it's, maybe we, God won't unleash the floodgates of heaven or show up with Ed McMahon and the, the Brinks uh, truck okay. pulled up to the house until we get to the point where we're like, okay, okay we'll just handle it. We're doing okay. Which I think we're almost there. All right. Do you hear us, God? Back on track. Let's go. <laughs> is that? Is, did I hear the doorbell? Is that the? So maybe we're doing good in one area. <laughs> one area. <laughs> Telling the kids no. Now, if we could just teach them the self-discipline, the self-control of not asking, that would make my job a whole lot easier. Yeah, but are you? How good are you at that? I don't know. Probably not very. Well, I and, and, and I don't ask that in judgment of you, yeah. right? Because I I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm t- I'm to the point now where I think I'm gonna boycott in take accepting any invitations from friends to come over to hang out at their house. Seriously, you know, because it it seems to me like everybody has a 55 inch high definition, yeah. beautiful LD LCD high def system with. Blu-ray players and Nintendo Wii's, Xboxes, PlayStation 3s. I have to tell you, um, which I need to share this with with DG. But um, this past Tuesday, we had dinner at DG's house, and um, our kids are still talking about the Hullum Theater. The Hullum's Home Theater. Yes, still talking about, still talking about it. 
Um, the guy's got a Nintendo closet Wii. full of candy bars. They, exactly. That's what they were talking about at lunch yesterday. The concession stand. They said, Mom, did you see the concession stand? And um, obviously I said no because I hadn't. And um, there was, he had every kind of candy bar in there and and popcorn and, and bags for popcorn. And we got to have a candy bar. <laughs> Which I didn't know because they also had dessert upstairs. So maybe that's why they were a little wired. They were a little wired. (laughs) All right. So moving right along here. Moving back. Listen to this one. This is the next note here. Most positive habits and character traits can and should be taught and encouraged from the earliest possible age. And I love this idea. One of the kids or one of the things the kids like to do is what? At bedtime. They love to... Read. Well, they love to do anything. Oh, yeah. Anything that will. Anything that will allow them to delay going to sleep. And so whether it be an iPod, whether it be a book, whether it be jumping up and down out of the, you know, going to the bathroom 50 times. You know, one of the things is is if I just love this idea and I don't know why I ever thought about it before. We allow our kids to go to bed with books at t- from time to time. But uh, each of the kids have a children's Bible. And I really love what she said about the idea of allowing your well, kids. Well, Megan has her own now. Well, I know. They all have their own children's Bible. No, well, hers isn't a children's. She has. <clears throat> well. Anyway. No. Anyway. Okay. They all have their own Bible. Right. So sorry. So anyway, they all have their own Bible. And why not go ahead and say, you know what? Let's put when you go to bed. You can you can leave the light on low, and you can you can read for a little bit before you go to sleep. And I you know I think that is a great idea to do that. I know that the kids would definitely. I mean it's it's going to be much different than if you said at two o'clock in the afternoon, hey guys, why don't you grab your Bibles and go back in your room and, and read? Right, it's not going to go down too well. But you know if it's bedtime. You know, and the kids are just laying there. It's like, and then you were to say, hey, you guys want to turn the light on and and read uh, your Bibles for a little bit before you go to sleep? I guarantee you they'd say yes. And what this does is it's the whole, it's the whole building of a habit at a young age of reading your Bible before you go to bed. I really like that idea. Cool. The other thing is, is of course, uh, what I've really loved doing now that I've really been getting into my physical activity and walking five miles a day is... uh, Matthew's really good at it, but I've I've been doing this uh, with Megan and McKenna as well, and that is involving them in going out for a walk with me at least once a day, or at least, well, I should say at least three to four days a week, which, uh, you know, so basically the whole understanding here, the whole idea why I pull this out is positive habits and character traits. These things are going to be things that you can start introducing to your children at a young age and the younger you do that uh, at the earliest possible age when you do that those are going to be habits that they will carry on into their adult life and I right. think those that is awesome I don't know why I didn't think about that more but let's go ahead and start thinking about our our children's habits you know and of course let's take a look at some of the things that they are doing such as watching too much television or some of the other things what are some of the other things that they are doing that right now seem, you know, harmless? You know, they're eight years old. Why not, you know, six years old? Why not let them, you know, spend a couple hours doing this or that? But if we think about that, it's like how much time, how much percentage will this become a habit for them? And it's like, wow, when we think about that, we need to start considering those things as well. And that's why I'm very thankful that you are getting back into uh Putting them on a schedule, which I think is awesome. Thank you. You guys have been doing a great job of that. So next up on page two of our notes here, Haven is her daughter. And uh, let's go ahead and have Stephanie tell you about that. And then she's going to read you a little quote from page 100 here. Okay. So um, Haven is the middle child. And she, um, at age four, declares that she doesn't want to be a boy anymore and um the reason why is because she found herself a marrying man mm-hmm. so she has she's at age four has her first crush on her uncle her 12 year old uncle's best friend and um 
in this crush stage, she decides that um, she's going to leave the house dressed in um, shorts and a midriff cut jacket that actually goes to um, a dress in our closet. You know, it's part of a an outfit. And so she is trying to leave the house in this. Um, Lisa says, Haven, you have to go change. She says, I don't want to. She says, well, you have to. And, um, and Haven thinks that she doesn't, she doesn't want to change because, um, this boy is going to like this. And so then she explains that, you know, this is the rule in our house. You are not going to leave the house that way. And, um, well, that's the end of, you know. That's the end of it. You, you have to go change. And so what What I'm going to read here is um, her reaction. And then also she wanted to, um, she wanted to call the boy. Oh, yeah. And mom said, no, in our house, girls do not call boys. Which I don't think, I like that rule. Anyway. I like that rule too. <laughs> and then so she very cleverly at the clever age of four says, well, <laughs> Can my brother call? You know, get get her brother to do it for him. Anyway, so she Lisa says, yikes, this is happening too early. I understand that a little polka dot bikini on a six-year-old does not have the same effect it would if worn by a 16-year-old. But puppy love can't be compared to high school dating rituals. Mm-hmm. And puppy, okay. Sorry. And puppy love can't be compared to high school dating rituals. But I don't want to explain to my teenager in 10 years why I'm suddenly moving boundary markers. I know it will be much easier to to establish safe moral limits sooner rather than later. So the whole understanding here is that you've got a four-year-old that honestly has really, I mean, how, how harmful can it be to allow her to go out and and you know to do something and thinking that she's going to impress a boy or that you know that you know the but the thing is mom says no that's not modest it's not and you do that when they're 4 and when you're 14 it's not like you're changing the rules it's, all of a right, sudden right the rules have been the same all along exactly um, one thing one that i left out here she says um she, she tells her no it's not modest and you will change and Haven replies, well, when I grow up and have my own family, I can wear it. And uh, mom replies, yes, but I trust you will have the wisdom to dress modestly when you grow up. Because if you are setting that foundation at four, by the time she is grown up, she will right. know and understand modesty. So obviously there there are some things when we think about the moral implications of everything. We talk about the um, eternal perspective. But we also got to think about the big picture of all these things that we allow to get, slide by as as our kids are younger. The important thing of understanding what are the implications of letting these things slide now when it's 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. Are we setting ourselves up for major, major uh, ramifications or consequences of not addressing some of the small minute, very low consequential things when they're young. Training our children morally, teaching them the moral reason why, under not le- being consistent as a parent, you know, not letting the little things slide by because you know what? That's the one thing that can that can really damage this whole situation. And I really believe that that's where, you know, it's like how can we know these things and we uh, you know, we still end up with having the issues that we're having right now. And I will say that it's because of the, it's not because we don't know them. And it's not because we don't ever act on them. It's because we're not consistent with each and every offense to these little things where our children are consistently trying to knock out the wall and, and, and to, to see how tough the boundaries are, you know, and, and, and I am a firm believer that our kids may belly ache and complain about the boundaries that we set, but when they realize that those boundaries cannot be moved, that they are set there, they understand that those boundaries protect them and that they're less likely to have to be out there on their own making those decisions at this point in time. And as long as they understand the moral reason why most of the time, then I really think we're setting them up for success later. That was I a agree. lot. So anyway, 
I was in and out, but I, I think I got the gist gotcha. of it. So with just a little side note, something I thought was interesting on page 104, Stephanie's going to turn there now. Uh, she highlighted just a little paragraph or a little sentence or two here. Okay. Um, God gives us the ability and direction to care for our needs through hard work, but he makes it equally clear that while we must do our part, it is ultimately his responsibility to provide for us. Right. And so, um, and if anything, I, you know, that does fit in to the rest of this chapter in chapter four. She does talk a little bit more about the eternal perspective, uh, trying to help our children find their purpose in life. You know, their God given talent, their God given talents. There's some great, uh, there's tons of other great stuff in chapter four that we really hope that you'll get an opportunity to read. We're not going to cover it all. Obviously we're, we're not here to just read the book to you. Uh, but we we wanted to whet your appetite, and if you are a parent and you have young children, this is an excellent book, and I just ordered this from our sponsor, and uh, we it is a different, I'm sorry, it is a different version than what was over at the library. In fact, this is the updated with new tips for, or new toddler tips, and a study guide is now involved in this book. And if you go to gspn.tv and you scroll down on the side column, you'll see a picture of the cover of Creative Corrections. If you click on that, it takes you right to the Mardell site and you can add it to the shopping cart. And when you're in the shopping cart, if you go to our sponsor, type in the promo code GSPN, you'll get 10% off your book and anything else that you throw into the shopping cart at any time there at Mardell.com. And I tell you what, this book is excellent. I was, um, as far as the moral reason, right? I promise not to lose your place this time, Stephanie. I'm sorry, but uh, as far as the moral reason why, if you get this book, I really encourage you to go to page 33, and there are just pages and pages and pages of different moral things. Uh, let me read to you: sibling rivalry. What do you do with that? And then there's all these verses, such as Proverbs 17, verse 14, that says, Starting a quarrel is like uh, breaching a a dam, so drop the matter before the dispute breaks out. Um, Romans 12, 10, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. See, these basically sibling rivalry. Are you dealing that with between your kids? Here is... is the the topic of a moral issue here in in sibling rivalry alone there is at least nine different scripture references and what you can do is when you're you know what is the mrw what is the moral reason why well here they are the scriptures for respect for authority responsibility revenge self-centeredness respect for your parents listening lying let's look at lying Lying, Proverbs twelve nineteen. truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only for a moment. Proverbs twelve twenty two. the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Psalm 34, 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. So basically the moral reason why for greed, generosity, friendships, doing good, bragging, cheating, anger, arguing, this book is excellent, my friends. Um, and and it, you know what is great is this book isn't just a great book for reading like some of the other books. This is a great book for a resource. And Stephanie's looking at me funny because I closed the book again. Did you have one last thing you wanted to cover in this episode? I did. She ends this book talking about, um, I mean, obviously it's creative correction and, um, you know, while there are some, anyway, are you still there? <laughs> barely. <laughs> I lost myself. <laughs> while there are some, um, some things that need to be disciplined and will have punishment and consequences, um, you can also offer bonuses and incentives and rewards. Oh yeah, tell and us so about the store. She well, she ends the chapter talking about and and sharing um, a, a story in her family, but then in the toolbox for each each chapter has at the end of it um, 
what is called a toolbox, which is where you read the scriptures from. Those are from um, the toolbox for Heart of Obedience, I believe. Right, which is the moral no, reason why stuff. Um, those are from um, another chapter. Learning from the Ultimate Parent. Okay, is the chapter that they are from. So anyway, in the seeing the big picture um, toolbox, she has different um, motivational rewards. Um, that you can that you can come from. Well, money is one of them. You know, Our, my kids respond to money. <laughs> Imagine that. Since it's so few and far between around here. Anyway, I'm gonna read like a granny. Okay. All right. This one I I had remembered reading um, the first time that I read this book, and so at the beginning of the month when I was going to the grocery store, um, I knew we were gonna be gone for a long time. And you can usually add one hour per child that I take with me to the grocery. And so um, I wanted to try something new and went back to the book, found what I was looking for, and I tried this. Okay. Um, This is what she suggests. My kids dislike running errands. I usually hear complaining throughout the grocery store, dry cleaners, and department store. In order to make them aware of how often they say something negative, I give them each a dollar in nickels before our afternoon errand crusade. Then I inform inform them that the last errand will be to the drugstore, and whatever change they have left in the bag, they can spend on candy. In the meantime, they must give me a nickel for every, every negative word spoken while running errands. And, um, and so I did this with my kids when I went to the grocery, um, that particular day day, we had to go to two different grocery stores because I prefer to buy my meat from a different store. Um, the more I I get everything else. So when we got to the first grocery, um, I gave them each $1 worth of nickels in a baggie and told them the rules. The rules were anytime that they were disobedient or anytime that they asked for something snack foodish that was not already on our list because we already had some snack food items on like you know snacky foods you know what i mean right mm-hmm. um that i would take a nickel for disobedience um asking for junk food <laughs> which my kids are really good at and um back talking so we we started in the store um, I will tell you that my eight-year-old did not lose a nickel. I have never seen that child be so good. <laughs> I swear it to you. And um, Matthew ended up with, um, I think Matthew ended up with 65 cents. Yeah. And um, McKenna had about 45 cents. <laughs> but she's little. But um, But we were standing back at the deli. And we were in line. The deli at that grocery takes forever, but they have the best deli meat. Um, so, so I stood in line. We're waiting and waiting. And Matthew did something, and I told him to sit on the floor by our cart. And he went and he sat. Um, you know how where the handlebars are. There's the spot where you can put like your pop or your you know, yeah, underneath, your big, underneath the your basket. big items under the basket. He went and he sat on there. And I said, I told you to sit on the floor. That's one nickel because that was, that was a blatant disobedience. He did not obey what I had told him. And so then he back talked and he, I said, you need to stop. That's another nickel. And he continued to back talk. So he lost like four nickels right there that at, at that one that one time and um the lady that was standing next to us was like wow because <laughs> i said i said um when he didn't sit on the floor i said that's one nickel and then he talked back i said that's two nickels and then he kept going i said that's three nickels he kept going i said that's four nickels and he brought them to me and he went and he sat on the floor and he didn't say another <laughs> word I think by the time he got to the four nickels, he knew I was serious. (laughs) And this lady standing next to me, she didn't have any children with her. She just looked at me. She's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it wasn't my idea, but it's working. It's working. Yeah. So, and it it did. It worked. 
Yep. Well, folks, um, that is going to be it for this show. We're already over one hour, if you can believe wow. that. We just want to say thank you once again to Mardell.com. They totally rock for sponsoring this show. And uh, one of the things we're going to ask you to do is, if you wouldn't mind, would you tell somebody else about Family from the Heart? I mean, do you know somebody else that's struggling with their parenting? What time um, is it? I, it's 11.06. Why? Okay. Why? Well, because we should send out an announcement that, um, well, I know you want to talk about parenting, and that's cool. You're going to have to replay your song here, but... Um, Next Saturday, yeah, we should have an online birthday party for me. Oh, is next Saturday your birthday? At, well, Sunday's my birthday, but it'll turn my birthday at the post show. Oh, hmm, very interesting online birthday party. <laughs> I like how I'm giving my husband's ideas how to. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Anyway, so I should have told you that. When we were done. But anyway, if you know anybody that has some youngsters that are struggling with ideas and some thoughts on parenting, send them over to familyfromtheheart.com. <laughs>